Thanks for listening to Mindfulness for the Modern Family podcast, where we dive deep into all things parenting and family. We talk about what mindfulness means within the family dynamic and how self-care is crucial, not only for ourselves, but for those we love. I'm your host, Shayla Peary. As a guided meditation teacher, mindful parenting has always been, well, top of mind for me as I raise my daughter. I'm curious to know what others have experienced and what we can learn from each other and our kids. You can find more episodes at shaylapiri.ca or subscribe wherever you get podcasts. In this special episode, we're joined by Manish Bell, founder of the Mindful Science Center in Mumbai, India, and the Mindfulness India Summit. Manish is India's first mindfulness TEDx speaker and specialist in cultivating mindfulness and emotional intelligence. As a father, Manish applies his mindfulness tools in unique ways that support his son and his development. Manish, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much, Shella, for inviting me for the show. And I'm excited for your questions. Tell us a little bit about your family, your children. How many kids do you have and what are their ages? So I have one child, one son. One son. Uh, he, yes, he's turning 16. And <laughs> My daughter is 16. <laughs> so we know what kind of challenges a mom parents have to go through. Absolutely. Yeah, we are in it with our daughter for sure. So your son is 16. Um, I'm wondering, you know, I have so many questions for you. You're a mindfulness expert. You're an emotional intelligent expert. Um, you know, the first thing, the first question I have for you is what does being a conscious thinker mean? How do you define that? See, um, a lot of time, um, we are always a thinker, you know, that millions of thoughts just pop in our head all the time, not even while we are awake, but even when you're sleeping, these are, the dreams are all culmination of our thoughts only, you know, it, the thinking. So thinking is a human process. Uh, being aware of your thinking is sort of a mindfulness that you are aware that you are thinking. Now, a going little step ahead and understanding what am I thinking is goes into a little bit of a level of spirituality and conscious thinking that, you know, oh, this is what I'm thinking. This is how right. the thoughts are being generated. So when you ask me, what is conscious thinker? Everybody is thinker. Everybody knows that, you know, I'm thinking, but am I conscious thinker? Am I know what kind of thoughts am I, my mind generating? Are these thoughts really true? So thoughts are, you know, it's more like, like a, a big sky, if that's your mind. And thoughts right. are like clouds. They are just coming and going and coming. And sometimes there a thunderstorm comes in. Sometimes mm -hmm. a nice sun on the sky. There's a nice. So these are the environment that keep changing. Mindfulness is all about being aware of what's happening in this big white sky of yours. And so the spiritual aspect of it for you, is it being aware of what's happening and then taking it a step further and trying to, to shape it? in regards to spirituality and a, and a way of thinking and a positive mind frame? See, mindfulness, spirituality, awareness are the ideas that are interconnected. Mm -hmm. The true individual meaning of each inheritance is lost in the translation. As we use <laughs> these words and interchangingly in our day-to-day -day language as per our convenience. To me, love, kindness, compassion, and liberation of suffering and the basic health are the core human concern for every being every religion or every spiritual tradition if you talk about spiritual traditions all over the world and it's focused since the beginning of human civilization so yeah. I think 
that's more spirituality for me is. I understand. Thank you. And so I'm hearing from you that spirituality completely informs mindfulness for you. And I'm wondering then how does that translate into being a mindful parent? Wonderful. You know, the menu, when you, when you start to inculcate mindfulness, it not only affect at uh, one aspect of your life, but it actually changes the whole gamut of affair around you. Be it, you know, today the concerns are far more complex than, than earlier time, you know, uh, and I say that in this complexities, which is now rising every day, yes, we, we lose this precious pearls of moment. And in moment of anticipation or aspiration of perfect world, perfect life partner, perfect house, perfect car, perfect job, perfect boss. Yeah. And, and then we, we impose this on our children as well. This complex. Mm -hmm. We expect perfect children. And we also expect ourselves to be perfect parents. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So this perfectionism in us somehow we lose the, the individuality, the originality of us, mm -hmm. the, the, the different colors of we are, we are not one single color, we are multiple colors. Okay. And that's how we create a rainbow. I Imagine that. the world would be one single color. There are multiple colors. And that's why when we see a rainbow in a sky, we love it. Otherwise <laughs> there was a one single blue sky. We, we see it every day. But when yeah. we see this rainbow on, 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 on our sky, we love it because there is a diversity. There is a difference. Yes. There is a, some dark shade. There's some light shade. So life is made of all these shades. But when, when our aspirations, our judgments become too strong, we want to paint the world in what the color we are living in. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how we bring suffering not for others but also for our own self when i agree the, when these aspirations are not filled when the desires are not filled then this perfection world is not we bring suffering to others and we bring suffering to us and for me mindful parenting is conceptualizing as a practice of being present and aware of our interday you know everyday interaction with children through paying attention without judging them as you know, each moment unfolds. Right. And so it must be a, a fine balance because, um, you know, what you're talking about in terms of acceptance has a lot to do with not bringing your own expectations into situations because you're not allowing for, for the full mm -hmm. spectrum of possibilities to happen. Um, however, we do have to put out some expectations for our children, right? That most, most children thrive under some sort of form of boundaries. So I think it's a fine balance of setting those boundaries without that harsh, harsh judgment that you're, that you're talking about. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. Um, see, there are two aspects to it. Okay. One is when we say mindful, then there are other things which opens up in between. Okay. There are many other things which, which comes and go in life. Mm -hmm. uh, these things are are basically how we are seeing ourselves <clears throat> okay and how we are seeing others imagine that you were grown up in a difficult childhood yeah okay 
you're carrying all those pain and suffering in yourself. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that pain and suffering for your child. No, of course. Yeah. So you do something more dramatically that the child doesn't go through that suffering. But in this process, you're trying to bring all those memories out and unknowingly putting it on your child. Okay. So what's the solution to that? So here is that, say, for instance, your child comes and say, Mama, what is this? He points out towards a plant. And you say, oh, this is, this is a plant. And <laughs> yeah. he again comes back and he says, Mama, what is this? And he said, this is a plant. And you say, this is a plant. Third time, the child will say, Mama, this is a plant. Do you know? Right. Okay. The reason being, now we have hardened the thought process that this is a plant. And imagine if we would have said, what do you think it is? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then the creativity would have bloomed. He would have thought something. He would have imagined something around the plant, which you would be amazed to know that, oh, wow, really? I never thought saw that that uh, that angle of thought process, probably, that that innocence. I'm still seeing what my parents told me, but I never saw what my child told me. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Yes, allowing for that creativity and for their own thoughts to form and blossom before you put your own judgment on something and your own yes. definition, your own definition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're not sure that these definitions still apply in this current scenario. Yeah. Because the environment you've grown up, the, the childhood you have grown up, the challenges you had to go on, maybe very different situation today's in situation. Yes, that's completely relevant. And I think... And I think that's why so many parents today are trying to be more mindful and more conscious in the way that they're bringing their children up because perhaps they experience that type of parenting themselves and they want to try to improve and do better. Um, do you personally parent differently than the way that you were parented, than the way that you were brought up? Yes, uh, I feel uh, I I. One thing which today I feel, yes, there is a lot of difference. Mm-hmm. Now, before I jump to that question of your, while you were talking, one thing came very important aspect is that, you know, when we see our parents, are we copying them when we being a mind, when we trying to teach our children? Most of the time, we try to copy our parents, how we've been, we've been brought up in our life and we copy that, that that habits or maybe sometime like a not good or not bad. I'm not talking about habit, but we try to copy our parents while we, we parent our children. So we somehow being conditioned in some manner with the children. Yeah. It's almost subconscious a lot yes. of the times. Knowingly, unknowingly. No, my father never did this to me. No, my, my children, I never behaved this with my parents. How could you talk to me like this? Okay. Yeah. I never talked to my, my father like that. I never talked to and it's natural to come because these are the, the value systems which you learn from, from the generation coming down. So very important aspect of is that, you know, when you learn that, that today's world is dramatically different, the world you grew, okay? Yeah. Children are facing enormous pressure as compared to when we were kids. Absolutely. You know, I remember time playing yeah. hours on the grounds and with, with friends and come back in the evening. Yeah. I don't see that happening with my children anymore. They hardly have time. They are cooped up in one corner and they're studying constantly. They don't have a time. They are severely under pressure. You know? mm-hmm. And 
imagine the distractions today. We were only have one television which used to open at six o'clock. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. And today, social media technology is affecting their brain like crazy. Yeah. Imagine the pressure you are in. Oh, I know. It's tremendous. Do you think of career options you have today at your time? Like you can be a singer, you can be a dancer, you can be a... We had a handful of career options at that time, being a doctor, being an engineer or a teacher or like you you can count on your, you know, you know, on your tips, what many career options. Yeah. Today, you have one million career options. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Social media on top of it, you know, it just throws so much of data, technology, and it it's not positively helping children. It has a negative impact on the brain. I agree. Um... My daughter actually, as I mentioned, she's 16 and only recently, a few months ago, she decided she wanted to get on Instagram and she's in grade 11 in high school. And so we thought, okay, well, you're old enough and it's your decision. But honestly, we, we've only seen negative impacts from it. And we've just recently set, um, set time limits. And at nine o'clock, that's it. She's not, she's not, she's cut off from it because we saw her anxiety worsen actually and it had a very negative impact. So I completely agree with what you're saying, completely. You know, you you experiencing the amount of stress and anxiety simply didn't exist in that past few decades. You know, I've never heard of something called anxiety or stress at that time. As a Yeah, I know. It's a phenomenon. Yes. You talk about ADD or ADHD or out of control rates of uh, uh, the aggression in children. I never heard of those things before. Yeah. But it's not all in the bad news. It's also there's a good news because now we have a limited options that time. The medical science was not that evolved at that time. Mm. Uh, the aware and that's the reason today the awareness about mindfulness has started growing so much right. because you know when there are the challenges are so much, you need something different yeah. to deal with it. And science has an education by itself. Yes, we're seeking out new solutions. Absolutely. Yes. When I started my practicing mindfulness, it started to impact my life. And then in turn, it started to impact the life of people around me. And then first impact is your children. Because your children are like a sponge. Yes. Whatever you are releasing, they are absorbing. Absolutely. And so how long ago did you start your mindfulness practice? Um, I've been practitioner for a very, very early part of my life. I've been trained into uh, into uh, yogic background i've been trained in some in, with by some my teachers i lived in an area which are which which i had influence of a lot of monks and teachers and scholars and uh, my father got transferred to a smaller place so i was away from this hustle bustle and competition of city yeah and i was in an area where there were more domination of of spirituality and individuality and teachers and i was I grown up in dharamshala where his Holiness Dalai Lama lives and it's around the monks and the teachers and Himachal is the is the land for gods, it said. Ah. So I was fortunate to be in an environment which built foundation for my this work. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And then when I started my career, uh, I came to international business and I had opportunity to meet multiple uh, cultures. I traveled all over the world multiple times. Opened offices in in US, in Europe, in in Africa, in Middle East, wow. in Far East, in Russia, in China, and the kind of diversity I met, people met, and the diversity I came to understand how world things, mm. how an African things, how an, and I found 
there is there is a simple connection between how different we may look or talk or feel but there is some human connection the moment you land there you feel that connect yeah so i think that that's that started inculcating the behavior of of oneness that you are not a boss or you they are not people there's a oneness started to come in yeah uh, at one time of my career i decided that i need to quit my corporate world when i almost at the helm of it and i was doing the best i could do in my career i decided to mm-hmm. quit and i decided that this is the time i need to now bring this science which i have learned and the experience and the diversity and human oneness which i have learned now can i take it to the world because world is suffering we are competing with each other we we hate each other in some manner we compete with each other yes. there is a you know the there is a the sections which wanted to separate you by the way of color caste creed uh, they cannot connect actually from inward so a lot of forces which are working towards disconnecting you separating you and and the love and compassion is not by separation by oneness we can feel with each other so your mission through your work with the mindful science center is to promote oneness around the world yes. essentially yes and also bring this science and the knowledge of past which has been lost mm. now and which is very important in today's time so important india was the was the place where this mindfulness was originated mm-hmm. and it is somehow lost in this uh, you know endless competition aspirations desires and greed and anger and power to control is just we are just losing this beautiful science and the humanness of us yes we are and um you know thankfully your work is incredible and you're making such an impact and you know i think that the more people um who have who have this sort of mission in life life that you do the more hope that we have as a, as for humanity as a human race to come back to this consciousness of oneness of non-competition of unconditional love for everybody uh which was which will be really i think um the thing that saves us in the end so my your question is that you know how do i i bring i also challenge it's not that you will not that being mindful doesn't mean that you know that you are everything life is going hunky dory for you every nothing happens your child is the perfect child and you are the perfect children mm-hmm. the one thing which one should learn and you should learn it from the when you travel in the, in in a year first thing you know you see that video a mother is helping a child giving a oxygen mask yes. first putting a mask yes. oxygen mask to yourself to herself and then giving it to child i think that's a fundamental rule for mindfulness anybody who comes to me and tell me you know can you change my child i said it has to start from you that you have to wear your mask first and before you give your mask to your child because yes you are the center for generating all kind of vibration in your house and that's what the outcome you are seeing in your child you have to feed yourself first absolutely And that actually leads to my next question is how what do you do to re- recharge yourself and to fill your own cup so that you can thrive as a leader in this area. Yes, uh, I feel that one thing is that if you are uh, today you are mindful it shift uh, not only the one parameter of your life but it also changes the whole environment around you. Okay. Uh the things which changes you is that now you are not no more looking to get something okay you are now in position to give something so you are more giver an attitude second thing is you are more a learner attitude yeah. you you are not going to to tell others what to do or you're telling them to just think what you are thinking be aware what you are aware be connected with your own self so first you are connected with yourself makes you connected with others because we are intrinsically interconnected mm-hmm. with each other but 
we, when we try to do too hard, we disconnect with ourselves. And that's the reason we disconnect with our children, with our families, with our organization, with our mission, with our basic conditioning, which our sanskaras. And these sanskars are very important. You know, this Sanskrit word called samskara. Yeah. And samskara means that your value system. Yeah. The thing when I realized that it changed in me is it changed my value system. I'm being more truthful. Why would I say lie to someone? Because it doesn't serve me. So it's the self-serving bias just goes away from me. I understand. Yeah. So you don't need to say lie. You don't need to harm others because it's not serving because you know when you harm others you harm yourself at the same time mm-hmm. absolutely so in 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 truth adopting mindfulness approach into life can only improve you know the parenting style it has to you know it can bring more positive change in your aspect how you see life you are not putting pressure on your child you are allowing child to grow up by its own self while they are also giving the value systems of being honest being loving being compassionate being forgiving okay making him a good human being not a successful human being it's not that mm-hmm. you know my uh, my american dream that i need to own this car or own big house or big washer or big big thing yeah you know it's all about living a good value system and a happy life and i think happiness is also a gimmick i would say a joyful life <clears throat> where you are uh, able to give something to others other than all the time you're expecting others to give it to you mm, so so a bit of a spin on the definition of happiness and looking at joyfulness instead, where it's more of that ebb and flow of giving and then receiving joy from that act of giving. That's right. Happiness is when you expect <laughs> that, you know, I need this, I need to get. And that's that's not lasting happiness. That's an anticipation. Right. Joy is when you are forgiving, you're letting go, you're letting others to thrive, you're letting. And that gives you more joy and more lasting peace to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're allowing you're allowing space within yourself for for more joyful things to enter, yeah. And so in terms of um, rest and self-care, what do those things look like for you? Is that yo- is that your yoga practice? Are you still practicing or is it something different? So I have my mindfulness practice that I meditate about two to two and a half hour in the morning. That's my meditation wow. practice. What are you doing meditation? Meditation is, is now you are aware of your thoughts. Mm. You don't let yourself distract. You bring back your thoughts. So that's a sort of a your gym practice. Like, you know, you don't stay in the gym whole day. That, you know, I need to be good. Why do you need a good human body? You can enjoy your life better. You can eat what you like to. You eat healthy after that. You know, imagine when you go to gym, you eat healthy. And when you don't go to gym, you don't eat healthy. It's, you know, because you can afford to eat unhealthy food while going to gym. But you now you are conscious that you are eating healthy. And same applies to mindfulness. Ah. When you practice mindfulness, then you are, you know, mind... Food for mind is very careful what you are eating. Are you watching to negative stuff? Yes. Are you saying something negative? Are you acting negative? Because now you are mindful. You are aware what you are doing. Mm. So you start eating slow. You start know what you are eating. You appreciate what is on your plate. Yeah. Well, and the more aware you become, the more aware you are of how that makes you feel when you do think negatively or engage in something that's negative. Yes, I relate to that. Absolutely. You also feel for others connection who may be sleeping without eating in some part mm. of the other world, that oneness within yourself, that yeah. how fortunate you are on your, that the food is on your plate. Your children are well-fed. Imagine that there are people who have not yet had a food on a plate. Ugh. You don't waste food. You don't splurge unnecessary money. Your yeah. need for, for unnecessary show off just goes down because this is 
this is not you are nan anymore yeah. okay you are not trying to influence others you are trying to connect with others okay you are not going to create a first moment impression you are creating to first moment connect with others okay and you do not intimidate people by your your persona or but you create a compassion with each other so you know there is a there is a this behavioral shift comes and then so this happens to your children now relationship between you and your children is not a competing yeah or imposing your your thought process but understanding with each other respecting your child's choices giving them space okay that you know you are not any more helicopter parent that you are doubting fearful about your children and it gives them more confidence when you trust them and allow them space and trust them as a human being absolutely and you always hovering around your children on a child what are you doing peeping into their work seeing what are they doing are they on the right track maybe they so which means you are not building trust with your child child is no more space to develop a well well rounded personality personality is not what he is doing in a school and what scores he is getting in academically mm-hmm. but how rounded personality that child is becoming so i think i respect that as a child my son came to me and said dad i think i want to do that i said definitely there are challenges what you maybe somebody telling you to go what you feel confident and probably is don't st- don't stay by that that you given me this choice and tomorrow you have to change this every when we one has a right to change because we are constantly changing environment is shifting world is changing we are changing so it's it's okay to change the thought maybe later mm. today if you are thinking that way work on it maybe you learn something yeah we're, we're constantly evolving yes yes so you know respect those choices and give them ability to decide yes you need to create a hedge around for their protections mm-hmm. but then a hedge should not start eating their personality <laughs> I like that. I like that analogy. Is there one thing about becoming a parent that surprised you? Is there something that you wished someone would have told you before you became a father? I think the the patience. Patience. Mhm. And so, I mean, definitely when they're little and has does that still continue on for you into the teenage years? Yes, and I'm think um the I would say the four things which I learned from being a, a parent is is love mm. you see a very different flavor of love you're seeing love of your partner love of your parents but love as a, as a parent yourself is a very different love it is absolutely so that intensity of love that heat of love that purity of love is very different than any other form of love yeah empathy you know when when you feel your child is going through and you also feel that you have also gone through this and what happens when i go through this situation so you relate what you have gone through and what your child is going through now so that actually build and if we can learn and adopt that in our work culture those things which we are learning to being mindful parent if we can just learn that and then start practicing in our work forgiveness you know how many time you forgive your child yeah constantly if we can start forgiving others same and like a child and yourself <laughs> that's very true and yourself yeah we are very hard on ourselves yes we are you know and then the one thing which i'd like for the for for all the parents to adopt and that's the the foundation of mindfulness is judgment don't let your biases and judgment ruin your your beautiful moments with your child mm. we judge too much we judge ourselves so being mindfulness in one line is being flexible and willing to adjust your parenting style 
<laughs> I really like that. Flexibility in all areas. And it's so needed. It's so true. Absolutely. I agree. Well, Manish, it's been so wonderful to talk to you today. I wanted to thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom and your experience with us. Thanks. It's been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, Sella. And uh, I really like talking to you. We were so fortunate today to have mindfulness expert Manish Bell on the show, teaching us the importance of healing yourself and loving yourself first and how this impacts every aspect of your life. 